Welcome to this online act of worship at St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're joining us. Do please leave a comment or a like. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find information about how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the last Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin now with an opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness and keep you in life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory of God. Gloria in excess. 
Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, help us so to hear them, to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that through patience and the comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and forever hold fast the hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Saviour, Jesus Christ, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book Ecclesiasticus. Give to the Most High as he has given, and as generously as your hand has found. For the Lord is the one who repays, and he will repay you sevenfold. Do not offer him a bribe, for he will not accept it, and do not trust to an unrighteous sacrifice. For the Lord is the judge, and with him is no partiality. He will not show partiality in the case of a poor man, and he will listen to the prayer of one who is wronged. He will not ignore the supplication of the fatherless, nor the widow when she pours out her story. This is the word of the Lord.
A reading from the second letter to Timothy. As for me, I am already on the point of being sacrificed. The time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. At my first defence, no one took my part or deserted me. May it not be charged against them, but the Lord stood by me and gave me strength to proclaim the message fully, that all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory for ever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Heavenly Father, all those thoughts and words that come from you, would you bless them and make them fruitful? 
and all those thoughts and words that come from our own vanity, will you forgive? Amen. The parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector that we've just heard is one of those which is very familiar to most of us, perhaps to anyone brought up on school assemblies. On the face of it, it's one of Jesus's more straightforward parables. The basic point of the story is very clear, drawing a contrast between the self-justification of the Pharisee and the humility of the tax collector. As usual, though, parables have a depth to them that takes some time to discern. I had to laugh at myself when I set aside some time to read this gospel again in preparation for this morning. My first thought was that the tone of the Pharisee's prayer is one that's all too familiar. We see, for example, those who call themselves Christians, who when they choose to speak about their faith, insist on the damnation of others. Those who, when faced with others in need, see only the need for actions to keep them at bay. I had the first half of my sermon well sketched out before I was brought up short. Where was I heading with this? I was about to find myself echoing the Pharisee. Thank you, Lord, that I am not like other men. I'm aware that priests have to be particularly wary of emulating the Pharisee, imagining that ordination is not only authorization to share in ministry, but somehow a mark of real Christian discipleship. No, this collar we wear is not some special mark of our Christian identity. It is baptism, baptism alone, that marks us as belonging to Christ. For all of us, though, this parable lays a trap, or rather makes us aware of a trap of our own making. We reflect on the failings of the Pharisee, or the example of the tax collector, and we very easily rate ourselves better than the Pharisee and find ourselves echoing his words. This is an example of what we mean when we say that scripture can read us. Scripture is not primarily an object of our interpretation. Rather, we are the objects the scripture interprets us. In the letter to the Hebrews, we read, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This parable makes clear then how strongly we are often inclined to assess ourselves against others and how much satisfaction we take when we find some basis for judging ourselves favourably. The implications are significant. We may reflect with satisfaction on a job well done or a duty fulfilled and we easily imagine that the things we do or refrain from doing might justify us, might make us a bit better than those who behave otherwise. Until we put aside this idea, the parable suggests, we will not go home justified. We will be prisoners to our own self-righteousness. The parables are not didactic. They don't dictate what we should get out of them. They're both more powerful and more mysterious as a result. They are there for those with eyes to see and ears to hear. Preaching then is a risky business. This attempt to expound the gospel and hence the opening prayer that I chose this morning, which the former Bishop of London would use when preaching. What I take from this parable at this time is that it shines a light on our tendency to judge ourselves against others and to satisfy ourselves with favourable comparisons. And it reveals how this leads to self-justification. We're prompted then to reflect on how to respond, and this is where discernment is required. I would suggest that we avoid this trap of self-justification 
by refraining from assessment and judgment of others, and instead, as far as we are able, focusing on God, who is our only true justification. In St. Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Rather than seeking to distinguish ourselves from from others, to justify and exalt ourselves, instead we acknowledge that we all fall short of God's purposes for our lives. None of us earn the blessings we receive. We need not adopt a self-effacing attitude, though, and we need not be discouraged because we're held in God's infinite love and mercy. As St Paul says, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Neither does this mean that we revel in our sinfulness, of course. We are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. As we look ahead then, we have no need for self-justification, no need for acclaim. Indeed, the efforts to secure these things can only be counterproductive. Jesus said, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. It is with the assurance of God's mercy and love towards us that we may have the courage to pray with the tax collector, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, True God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory, to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Everlasting God, We give you thanks for our world and for the spiritual family of which we are part. We pray for your global church and for our St Bride's family here and scattered around the world. Bless Alison, our rector, Jeff and Stephen. Thank you for the creative talents of our vergers, Robin and Nadira. We bask in the musical brilliance of our choir and organists and are grateful for all of the work that goes on behind the scenes in our church admin office. Bless all who contribute to our church community, our wardens and guild, 
PCC, Safeguarding Officers and the Sunday Club children. Thank you for the freedom to worship you as we please, where we please and with whom we please. Be with us all on our spiritual journeys and in our workplaces, homes and in all of our comings and goings. May we be bringers of your joy, insight and understanding. In the week ahead, help us to find moments of joy that cause us to pause with curiosity and amazement. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Dear God, it feels as if we're heading for a winter of discontent. It's sometimes hard not to be overwhelmed by growing conflict between countries. It's hard to know how to pray in light of so much of this week's news. The arrival of drone warfare in Ukraine is dystopian and yet not beyond our own imagining. As literally thousands of towns lose power on the cusp of winter, it's impossible to know what's next for Ukrainians or for their country in the face of increasing senselessness. And yet so many live with this as a matter of course. We admire the brave women of Iran who have taken to the streets in their thousands this week to protest for basic rights. Help us always to value our own privileges that we so easily take for granted. Here at home, be with all who are increasingly worried about how they'll pay their bills or put nutritious meals on the table. Be with all who feel frightened and afraid about what comes next. And be with the brave men and women who work in the media and especially with those who dedicate their lives to seeking out truth in dangerous times. Amid the seeming chaos, it's easy to feel as if our leaders have lost the ability to lead. We ask, dear God, that you inspire leaders of communities, cities and countries everywhere to value humanity and creation as they grapple with growing conflict. Grant them wisdom and humility, courage and compassion. Be with all who live with conflict and uncertainty. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, be with all those who suffer with illness and who live in pain, mental and physical. Be with our NHS staff who wonder how they will cope with yet another season of COVID and flu. Be with all those who've been waiting for treatment and who wait still. Relieve their suffering and grant strength and good humour to those who care for them. Dear Lord, we remember with gratitude our dear friends and family who've left us. Grant us peace and them eternal rest. Be especially near to all who've lost loved ones recently and who remember this week the anniversaries of those who've died. And finally, dear Father, in a moment of silence, we bring to you the things on our heart that only you know. Merciful Father, accept these prayers. Accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom. And with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven. We worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in
Let us pray. God of all grace, your Son, Jesus Christ, fed the hungry with the bread of his life and the word of his kingdom. Renew your people with your heavenly grace, and in all our weakness, sustain us by your true and living bread, who is alive and reigns now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.